If Murray had supported the show, I'd be less sick of podcasts. <laughs> <laughs> America's first. Blubbity blah. Blubbity blah. Sending out good vibes. Blubbity blah. Good vibes. Blubbity blah. Good vibes. Good vibes. Good vibes. Underneath breaths of deep gratitude and prayers for guidance and protection. And put on a didgeridoo and shamanic drumming track. Shivers or vibrations and stuff like that. The reason that doctors can't usually do anything or identify is that, especially Western doctors, they're not trained in any of this. It's all Band-Aid stuff. And I know that's not new information to people these days. Okay, guys, welcome back to the Grammaric Show. We are going to be chatting with Lori Spagna a little bit later about uh, oh, all sorts of stuff. It's, uh, she heals, I guess she heals me, uh, heals my mouth. I bit my tongue because, uh, of underlying reasons, I suppose. Uh, I think it was cause I sneezed, but. Yeah, but you sneezed because of underlying reasons. Allergies. <laughs> cause you're supposed to like either shut up about something or not talk for a while. I was by myself. I could she didn't less. even know. I mean, you didn't tell her you bit your tongue. She just said there's something wrong with your jaw. And he's like, yeah, I put my tongue in both places at the same time. Never tried, never done that before. It's all better now. Man. See, I, like I said, you healed. She healed you. What a, what a great, uh, that was nice for her. I mean, I didn't even pay her. No, we got into the pets stuff too. I wanted to ask her about like that whole cat emergency we had and dealing with the vet and all that. Man, what a, what a, so she gives us some advice on that. And we're I gave you some advice on that too, but <laughs> some cold-hearted, tough love advice. I don't know. About... Let the cat go, buddy. Let it go. I don't know about cold-hearted. I'm just a realist. I actually thought my cat's staring at me right now. Oh boy, sitting in the guest seat, staring at me. I actually thought I squished her foot in the door the other day. I was like, time to put you down. But uh, she walked it off, so he's okay. Actually, I think you could probably fix a broken leg pretty easy these days. It used to be a whole production back in the day. I remember my like, parents' dog like got the chain wrapped around its leg and then got scared from the thunder, and then it like ran while the chain was wrapped around its leg a couple of times. Wow. And, and its own momentum of like pulling the chain taut broke its leg. Then it had this pin, and I just remember thinking, even back then, I was like, "This thing just needs to be dead. Like, it's just <laughs> not, it's not right." It's, it's. Uh... I think I can't remember how that dog turned out. I think its name was Lady, but uh, it didn't look like a fun experience, and it was probably not a cheap experience. I don't know if I would, uh, especially a cat, you know, a cat whose Lady. leg is all buggered up. They don't, break, I don't think cats break their bones very easy. I mean, you got to really, like they, I mean, they, it, what? They're like jelly, their bones. Wait, they always land on their feet. Like they don't, you know, you throw them up in the air. They always land on their feet. They're very snake-like. Yeah. Dude, the cat, the one cat, Starlight, that comes in here, she like creeps through the blinds in such a way that it's fucked up because the space in the blinds is only like 
you know, maybe it's like three, two inches, three inches. It's like four inches by, by like, but not even because it's blind. So it's pushed together. So there's only an inch space, but she's figured out that they'll gap out if she wedges herself in there. So I've watched her do it. She'll get like her first paw in there and then her, her face to start pushing it apart. And she just like slithers through this fucking gap that a cat shouldn't fucking fit through. Yeah. It's like, <laughs> totally. oh, cats are just furry snakes. Yeah. It's funny you mention that. I've often, when I pull the hair back on the cat's face and look at them, they look like dragons to me. They they do look like furry dragons to me sometimes. And the snake is sort of like a form of a dragon. They have a, the mouth of a snake, which I guess is a dragon. I mean, do we have dragons? We're just going yeah. by a snake. A dragon probably looks like a lizard that we know. Actually, the book I just finished had dragons breastfeeding at the end of it. Kind of weird, but what are you going to do? Crazy turn. I mean, it's a crazy way to end a book. I got the second book. So you're back. Still not in the I'm studio. back to non-mask. I mean, I'm back to, I went shopping today in Safeway and it was uh, only like 10% mask. It was great. I was smiling at everybody. Just seeing everybody's faces. I was like, how quickly everybody just, the government says it's okay to not wear your mask anymore. So everybody just takes the mask off. Were you not wearing a mask? Not everybody, but. Weren't you wearing your this is bullshit mask? When? The last time you went shopping. Oh, yeah, no, I'm not saying I wasn't part of that. I mean, I'm not. I mean, I like (laughs) I kind of gave up that fight. I mean, when you go into a place and you're just scaring everybody, like it's not really the time to stand on that hill. I don't think. I mean. It is down to 10%, though. It is down to 10%, yeah. What I, I feel don't sorry like for now, the people that are still doing it. I mean, they obviously, they're just... Were the whatever. workers I mean, still doing it? No, they were not. Oh, that's great. That's what I don't like, is if where they're in the situations where they're still making the employees do it. Because, like, I was out for dinner or out for lunch a couple times now. <laughs> and maybe the server is choosing to do it, but all the servers are doing it. So it seems like they're not. Seems like they've been told they have to. So now we're in this weird situation where nobody in the entire establishment is wearing masks except for the staff, which is kind of weird. Yeah, I've always said, even from the beginning, that even if they work, it's not. it might not be worth it. They haven't done the analysis that even if it works, like there might be repercussions that are way worse than, you know, stopping the odd fucking sneeze ball from going to the wrong place. I mean, that really is like the only... The only thing I can maybe stop a, a sneeze ball or a snot ball, yeah, a snot rocket. So weird. We're so it's so great. I mean, what I still a, what have a to time wear a mask at the hospital. Unbelievable. I still have to wear a mask there. Well, I mean, there's still there's still problems with uh, you know. There's a big counter protest in Calgary. I was watching a video on that, and they're all like, uh, "What are these people protesting for? We've got the mandates are dropped." And they're well, I mean, no, they're not because there's still federal mandates, and there's still federal employees that are having issues, and there's still, I mean, my girlfriend can't see her dad. He's in the hospital, like really seriously, and and he was in. I don't know if you'd call it critical or serious condition, but you know, I mean, there's still these issues. And Bonnie Henry's still pushing the jab. I mean, they finally let let the uh, some of the masks off in BC, but she's still push, 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 still dividing the people. I mean, this is unbelievable. So yeah, people are still want their freedoms back. I heard there's only there's like a hundred people there. It's a hundred uh, door, hundred counter, counter. Yeah, yeah. 
It's a bunch. Of I stuff. don't know. I, I know, but it's just even weird. It's just like, oh my God, people. Come on. I think that's mostly just people that are, honestly, you know who I think that's mostly, judging by the comments? It seems like that's mostly people who live in the area that the protest has gone by, and they're just yeah. sick and tired of it. Yeah. So it's not less to do with them still wanting restrictions and more well, to do wearing with, masks, so. More know, to do with them just wanting, like, I'm just glad I don't live downtown anymore. Me too. I couldn't me do too. it. It would drive me crazy, man. If I was just hanging out on a Sunday afternoon, all of a sudden like 8,000 people walk by fucking blowing <laughs> horns and fucking carrying on, just like, oh my God, you're just trying to have a barbecue. Dude, what if you're in Paris right now? Every Saturday, or is it Sunday, Saturday? I think it's every Saturday. The yellow vests have been going every weekend. For, for years. Year, for years. Good, uh, good time to move out of downtown. I mean- just, you gotta I mean, I just love that. I love those guys. They just don't. They're just like out there all the time protesting. I love it. It's warmer there. Yeah, it's barely warmer there than Vancouver. It's not warmer than Vancouver for sure. It's well, it a little rains bit all warmer the time than Calgary. But. but anyways, yeah. I mean, also, I'm glad that Asians people are, are out there very, uh, are out there doing that. Very calm people. It's a very strange time. Vancouver is, you know, mostly Asian. They're very calm people. Less likely to protest, it seems. Mind you, those Hong Kong motherfuckers were going off. Recently? Or? No, not anymore. China owns that no. shit now. No more going off ever again. That shit's over. So you're back to free, free Alberta. I mean, here, honestly, we have just stopped talking about it completely. I was not even expecting that. Most, it's mostly to do with the Russian oil thing. That's the main reason, because now our, our premier is doing what our premier is supposed to be doing. He's out just trying to sell oil, which is... Well, that's, as, I mean, that's kind as of... greasy as it re- sounds. That's not know? what a premier should be doing. I mean... That's what the Alberta premier should be doing, is well, trying to fucking I mean, get that's pipelines sort of, built. That's sort of fascistic. That's neo-fascistic to say that. Even I mean, they should just be getting out of the way and letting us sell the fucking well, oil we, to no, our own country. You can't build pipelines without all the government approval, so... Yeah, no, I I know, but I mean that's different. That inf- building infrastructure is different than than selling than well, that's selling what we're trying oil. to sell. That's yeah. the oil we're trying to sell. We're trying to sell two pipelines. <laughs> that's the only way to sell the oil. I saw that. I saw somebody. I mean, gas is so expensive the- now. It's more expensive to haul the oil than you're making when you get it there. So if you're not pipelining, what the fuck are you doing? I think the pipelines will go. It's just going to take like forever. I wonder how much they had to pay Putin to just start invading Ukraine. I feel like they just had to call him up and be like, yo, bro, we got this inflation problem. It looks like we got to back down on some like fracking and pipeline stuff here. We're gonna Justin's lose a getting a fucking freezing bank accounts of people yeah, that need, want freedom that we are need peaceful. A distraction. I mean, we got to distract everybody. Yeah, and a reason to build some pipelines we said we'd never build. It'd be much easier if you just invaded the Ukraine. And you got your own energy. You got it taken care of. Just, you know, just, just get you've off always the been Western the bad guy. System. We're just going to, you know, you just retire after this. This is the last scene. Then you're out. Okay, I do this for you. <laughs> Vlad invades Ukraine. <laughs> and uh, here we go. I mean, Biden actually just came out and said that uh, both of our leaders have come out now and said that the inflation is because of the Russians. 
Oh, and it's like if you look at the graph, we hit like <laughs> it's like the it's like, it's almost the same as the what's that other graph where they're like it's like the measles graph, you know, except in the opposite direction where it's like measles has come down by ninety nine point nine percent, and it's like boom, measles vaccine introduced here, and oh yeah, look, we fucking cured measles. <laughs> it's like that, but the opposite fucking way. It's unbelievable, but everyone just falls for it. Yeah, the lies are off the chain. They're off the hook. I can't. Uh, I can't even. I don't know. I mean, I, I just feel like just disconnecting from everything. It's hard to. Uh, it's hard to. It's hard to see how bad the lies are. It really. It's is hard. To it's me. Just, I mean, it's hard to be surrounded by dopes. That's what's a really hard part. Uh, it's. I don't even want to criticize people for the. It's just been. It's been a program for decades of really. Deeply, deeply brainwashing people. Deeply. I mean, the and and how this was such a global turn. Like, I mean, you see all the memes. It's hilarious, right? It's like, oh, you, the you're not allowed in this restaurant unless you support Ukraine, right? I mean, the it's like the Vax Pass has turned into like you must support Ukraine. It's like completely just at 72 hours. They just shifted the whole Western world to from one distraction to the next. Unbelievable. It's they they it's an amazing thing they've done. It really is. It still seems like it's only on the internet to me. I mean, I it hasn't even Ukraine hasn't even come up in my fucking daily life yet, other than people saying we're gonna sell some oil. <laughs> I mean that's that's honestly Alberta, if anything, there's like a, a quiet excitement <laughs> about the <laughs> <laughs> I mean, the price of gas sucks, but I think we're going to get like a 25 cent relief on that or something here right away. 23 cents coming off. That's just Alberta? Or? Yeah, that's just Alberta. Alberta's cutting the, uh, cutting whatever the province used to take. And I expect Trudeau is going to have to back off on some of that stuff. I could see gas coming down 30 cents by, by the time we leave for CAC. At least in Alberta. I mean, it's going to be a funny thing when... When Alberta is uh, like 50 cents cheaper than BC. Well, I think we're almost there already, dude. It's really bad in BC. 210, 210 in BC. I think it was a buck 67 the last yeah, time I was so, out here. So I mean, that we could go back down to a buck 20 something, which is where it was just like six months ago. Shit, dude. Fucking 18 months ago, it was 80 cents. 80 cents a liter, a dollar less. Doubled, doubled in 18 months. Anyway, I mean, that sucks. It sucks. I'm fucking glad I, uh, I'm uh, fairly unaffected by that, but I mean, it must be just fucking crushing some people. Yep. Just buy an electronic vehicle. That's it. I mean, that's the answer for everybody right now. Just go get the, get the battery powered. I mean, it's going to come there. They're, you know, they're, it's going to come. There's a real big push to get everybody on electric stuff. So they can't do it. They can't do it. The, I know, but it takes, a, it takes a while, but they're pushing. They're pushing. The grid Believe can't me. handle it. The apartments, it doesn't matter. <laughs> There's no way the grid can handle everyone's <laughs> car plug. It. It's fucking, <laughs> fuck. <laughs> I mean, in Alberta, it's cheap enough too. But like in Ontario, I don't even know if it'd be any cheaper to run electric. I it mean, doesn't matter. You don't They're remember get, a, they need to. It doesn't matter. They have to get everybody on there. I'm being. I'm being like facetious, right? I mean, you are facetious. 
I mean, the downtown, there's some high rises in New West and Vancouver that are getting, they're trying to get every stall equipped with chargers, right? Every stall, hundreds of stalls in each apartment building. Oh, that's just a cash grab. I mean, that's I just, a, this is good old I mean, fashioned corruption. But this is coming from somewhere, right? This is coming from Oh, somewhere. yeah, this is coming from the guy who makes the fucking chargers. <laughs> who's got some buddies on city hall who's like no but it's coming frank, from us though the taxpayers that pay the frank, people the government to then funnel their their grants through the people that make the charters and do all this green new deal stuff right i mean it is it's, it's, it's good old-fashioned corruption good old, yep couched under environmentalism they won't get us off of fuel in alberta for another couple generations <clears throat> So anyways, I got a synchro from uh, one of our friends of the show. If you want to get into that, I got a couple quotes. I was going to do Operation Trojan Shield, but maybe we've talked enough about Operation Alberta Gas. Operation Alberta Gas. (laughs) It's, uh, I mean, I can't fill my truck on the thing now is what is the main thing I notice. If my truck gets you, slow enough, I can can't. Can you explain that? Is that because you're well, over the limit? I, my card stops at 150, I think. 200, I thought it was. So. No, it's 150 where I go. $150 it stops at? So yeah. you can't even fill your truck now, is what you're saying. Yeah, I got a real big tank, though. Yeah. So well, my you, car in BC, I, I put over $100 in my car, which is way, way more than ever. So I've never, like, it's never been under 100 bucks since I got my truck to fill the tank. But it used to be more like, you know, 115 to 130. I mean, maybe we should do a show on this inflation and stuff because it it bugs me that that it's sort of that stuff just gets like, like you said, I mean, obviously this conflict is blaming, is getting blamed on it. But I'm not even sure that all this free money that they've been handing out creates inflation. Yeah, that's the. I don't think that does either, though. I think it's all, this is false. It's all just engineered inflation. Well, no, it's not though, because it's, I think it is. Because I'm like, just in my work, everything starts to cost more money. Yeah, it costs yeah, but more that's money engineered. Though. Stuff it's, it's engineered. It's from printing money. I mean, that's a the problem engineered. has been from the get go. I don't. I'm, that's what I'm saying. So, like right now, I have to pay people thirty percent more. Why do I have to yeah. pay people thirty percent more? Because the government printed a shit ton of money and gave it to a bunch of people who now have all these programs they can get into so that they can now, so now, and I mean, I'm not even saying it's a bad thing, but now I have to pay more money. So now the reaction to that is now, well, now we have to raise our rates. So just in my little subsector of a subsector of a subsector, we've just raised our rates 15%. Because we need to combat with what it's costing us to fucking pay people, to hire people, which in my opinion is a, because we printed fucking a trillion dollars and gave it out to people. And they, and I mean, I'm not, I don't even know if it's that those people are sitting at home now. They use that money and that time off to maybe relocate or to retrain or to, I don't know what they did. Well, I mean, it might be like the states, and there's still 800 billion left to be spent to the NGOs and gov- and all these programs, like you said. I mean, who I knows what? That who knows? That's why I don't. Anymore, I don't though. believe that it's just because it's not like a direct result of printing real money, like 
like like you would think in a free market. This isn't the same, I don't think. I think it's more engineered than that. The, the shortages, the stuff, it's all fuckery from who who and who knows the government wall street whoever is just you know they're they're winning on this up and down both ways yeah probably. i just don't think it's a i just don't think it's directly related that's what the excuse is but well i see a direct relation and just like around town there's a direct correlation all the restaurants now have to pay more money in order to get. Oh, no, I'm, I'm not disagreeing. So the prices food, aren't def- going up. I just don't agree with well, the that's reasons what inflation why. It's is. not because. Of, oh. There's a price going up. Yeah, I, I know there's inflation. I'm not di- I'm not discounting that. I just don't agree that it's the, the reason why. It's, you don't think it's because we have to start paying workers more money? Yeah, th- well, that's all part of inflation. I'm just saying it's not because the the government. It's not and what the government tells you. you don't think that has anything to do with printing a bunch of money? Well, the government's no, not telling us the, it's from printing money. What's the government's that? telling us it's from a war in Ukraine. The government's not saying it's because we printed COVID money. I haven't heard one government person saying <laughs> that inflation is because we printed a trillion dollars in Canada. <laughs> and I haven't heard anyone in the U.S. say inflation is because we printed $7 trillion. I haven't heard that come out of one person's mouth. So I don't see how that's a government line. What I yeah, have heard is because yeah, of yeah. fucking Putin. Or because yeah. of Ukraine. Or, you know, those are really the only two I've heard. That's why I made the comment that it seems like that's their excuse. They need an right. excuse. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's a good point. Yeah, that's a good point. I just, I'm thinking a little bit deeper than that. I, I just don't think it's also from, I don't think that you get to a saturation point for a long time because we're so behind on everything. We're so. Don't under- forget that I still think we broke the world when we shut everything down for a couple months. Just because it took a fucking minute doesn't mean it, you know, it was never going to come to a grinding halt. So now we're paying for it. I mean, that's the other end of it. Like, I've been waiting for a transmission for one of my trucks at work for fucking over 90 days now. They had one yep. in stock, and I couldn't get pull the trigger on it quick enough, and it was gone. Yeah, I bet you that's going to, I mean, I, th- I think you're right. It's going to sh- take a while to shake some of that stuff out. Even still, it's, it's. Um... Yeah, like it was for the last year and a half, it's been precarious on whether or not we broke the supply chain. Because, I mean, there's still like factories and warehouses full of shit here that had to completely empty and, you know, not be made in time from China shutting down. And, you know, now that might have been engineered. But I still think that's like a that takes fucking maybe fucking a decade, five years, yeah, ten years to yeah. fully. Yeah. Well, and hopefully we're re- repurposing on some things. You notice straight away, like webcams and stuff, because hopefully like repatriating repatriating a lot of that. It doesn't seem like it. It really doesn't <laughs> seem like it. No, I mean, I think the states is. I think Texas is like starting to get into has a bunch of like chip companies and stuff, but I haven't seen anything new popping up in Canada. You know what they're building in Calgary right now? The number one thing is fucking Amazon warehouses. So clearly we haven't learned a lot. Yeah. But I mean, we got a fuel refinery here, so fuck them. We'll have gas. What do you mean we do? They refine, we we refine, the gas you burn here is refined in Alberta. Oh, is it? Yeah. Why aren't we selling refined gas then to people? We, We are. To Albertans. 
That's the reason they want to make a pipeline east. So they can. Fucking... I thought the main problem all the time was that they had to refine it in Texas, anyways. Negative. We make our, any gas you drop burning here was, was uh, I'm assuming, comes out of the refinery up by Edmonton. Not from the sands, though. Not from the oil sands, though, is it? Yeah, probably. Probably. I'd imagine we're using mm. Alberta oil. <laughs> I'd have to double check on that, but Alberta sure doesn't ever talk about importing any oil. I think Alberta actually imports 68,000 barrels a year is the number. And there's like a bunch of different reasons for that. Like you're always going to import a set amount of oil because there's a bunch of different grades of oil. So like the one thing I was That's what I was saying. I thought we did, I thought we couldn't do the heavy the heavy tar But it's not the fuel stuff. No, it's not the fuel stuff. The stuff we're importing is like medical grade betulins and stuff like that. I was kind of poking around into this a while back. I could look at it again, but that like you're always going to have because there's like all these different medical grades and like so we're not refining any medical grade fucking shit here or any of this other any say like Airplane fuel, probably. I don't know, but I know that we are at least making gasoline in Alberta. Maybe I should just double check that that's true real quick. I can read an email in the meantime from uh, an update from Australia. What kind of jingle? Here's a tip. Uh, Spam gram, I guess, or something, if you got that. Graham at GrahamAmerica.com. Please send me your emails, feedback. Trip reports, synchros, updates from your part of the globe. Spam Graham. How about this one instead? I can't find it now. Oh, do 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 do. I like this one better. And now another edition of the Grime American Goodies by the people. Good afternoon, Graham. So much is happening across the globe right now. You Canadians inspired so many populations across the globe with your the globe with your trucking convoy to the extent that my wife and I, along with unaccountable numbers of Aussies, trekked to our nation's capital to try and get control of our country again. <laughs> Don't try and overthrow the government. <laughs> Don't even do it peacefully. No, we made two journeys to Canberra because it's just that important. Our situation here has another aspect that few were aware of. Our various governments, police forces, militaries, courts, services, and local councils all appear to be corporations formed back around the turn of the century, resulting in a corporatocracy that is not responsible to the people or upholding existing law at all and is also operating under the Constitution of Australia, not operating under the Constitution of Australia, either hence the total disregard for existing personal rights and legal protections. Another reason I thought I'd drop you a line is uh, recently a friend, uh, oh, uh, put me into onto an interesting channel on the YouTubes, Tarot by Janine. She's a Calgarian too. What is going on in your fair city? It seems free thought and exceptional intellect is the drinking water instead of fluoride. She'd be a great guest on Grimerica. Anyhow, stay safe and expect some huge changes to erupt this weekend. Almost any change would be welcome after the oppression of the last two years. Thanks, KD. Appreciate the update from Australia. 
I don't want to get too deep into more politics and stuff in Canada. Yeah, Alberta is refining its own oil into gas. Nice. And it looks like there's 14 refineries, six in Alberta. Six in Western Canada. There's even a couple in Ontario. Well, what's all, what was all this? So, but Ontario, so Ontario, those guys are refining oil that they that they import from Saudi Arabia. Though, what was the big hoopla about Canada not refining its own oil then before and having to go to Texas? Oh, that was a specific know. type or something. Then I don't know. Huh. Was I hooplaing this? No, not you. I oh, mean, well, no, it's just been in the, everybody's been talking about it in the last while with all the pipeline controversies over the last few years. Who? So we would just pipe the crude to the U.S. Yeah. and they would refine it themselves. Yeah. I don't know. So I got a cool synchro here if you want to do that. Synchronicity. It's time for another. No, I'm not going to. Yeah, all right. Of a rambling grand with synchronicities all over the web. And Darren is skeptical about everyone and don't believe it yet. This is from uh, Chris, and he was he put this in our chat, uh, our telegram chat from our uh, Magic on the Mountain uh, channel. He's like synchronicities. After getting divorced in 2008, my daughter, who was two at the time, and I had a terrible strain on our relationship as a result of the situation. And until recently, our relationship has been on a thread and it's been a source of great heartache in my life. Since returning from CAC, which is magic on the mountain, I've been giving my now 15-year-old daughter a ride to school every morning at her request. And we've been enjoying the ride to school every morning for 15 minutes, listening to whatever music she wants to play. And she's been playing 90s jams. It's easily become my favorite 15 minutes of the day. She played Queen Bohemian Rhapsody out of genre. And I, what? Out of genre? And I thought, oh, because it would be out of the 90s genre, I guess. Okay. And I thought, well, I haven't heard that since Wayne's World. And a couple hours later... While being productive in my new money-making move, I heard it again, this time being played by an old friend I've decided to team up with. I asked him if he knew what synchronicities were, and he didn't, so I explained. On my way home, I grabbed my phone to choose an app in order to listen to some music or perhaps podcast. After a few moments, after a few moments of thought, I decided to go through some of Voidwalker 001 material, so that's uh, Joe Roop, and I haven't heard that I haven't heard and the live fringe FM feed just started playing automatically. And I heard my own voice in the truck and it took me a minute to realize I was listening to myself talk when I called in on a show. It was an archive episode and I just happened to catch two minutes of myself talking when I decided to pull into a convenience store and go out of my way to tell the clerk about the synchronicities I was experiencing. I started off by asking her, do you know what a synchronicity is? Again, she did not know, and so I had to explain. While I was explaining it, I noticed the shirt she was wearing was a queen shirt with a red rose on it, and it added to the whole synchronicity. We are all experiencing, or no, what does he say? We are all exactly where we are supposed to be. Have a great day, everybody. There you go. You want to rate that? 6.9. 6.9. <laughs> 
Hopefully Chris nice. comes to another CAC. He's a great guy. Yeah, that was fun. Yeah. Fun thanks guy. for writing in there, Chris. Huge thanks for writing in. If you guys want to get on an event, uh, we got some stuff coming up this year, stuff coming up next year. Contact at thecabin.com. We can check out all those events, the Randall Carlson tour, all that fantastic stuff. Well, you're there, cert from the interwebs. Maybe you could decide if you're getting any value from this podcast. This podcast, you know, making your life better in some ways, adding some value to your commute, to your work day, to your gym experience. Head over to gramerica.ca slash support. Sign up uh, for a monthly, make a one-time donation. Decide what it's worth to you. A buck an hour, episode, two bucks an episode, ten bucks an episode. America.ca slash support. Sign up today, monthly. One-time donation, whatever you can do, we'd appreciate it. That's the uh, only support we get on this show, and we couldn't do without you. If you want to check out our other podcast, we've got a whole other podcast uh, beside this called Guard America Outlawed, and you can head over to GuardAmericaOutlawed.ca and check out that as well. We got a bunch of audiobooks over at adultbrain.ca. If you want to go have a listen to some of those, listen to some samples, see what you like, maybe try something out. I think if you don't have Audible yet, you could get a try one for free if that floats your boat. Uh, anything else? I got a couple quotes here if you want to do a quote. Quotes, a couple of quotes? Yeah, I got two. Two quotes. Profound quote of the week. Darren, can you guess it? It's the profound quote of the week. Can you guess the human who spoke it or wrote it down? Profound quote of the week. All right, you ready? You might be able to guess this one. Giving you some hope. You develop an instant global consciousness, a people orientation, an intense dissatisfaction with the state of the world, and a compulsion to do something about it. From out there on the moon, international politics looks so petty. You want to grab a politician by the scruff of the neck and drag him a quarter of a mile, quarter of a million miles out and say, look at that, you son of a bitch. <laughs> Buzz Aldrin. No. Son of a bitch. It says Edgar Mitchell, Apollo oh. 14 astronaut. I got yeah, another like one for you. six people to pick from. Again, I, I don't know if these are, are, I can't vouch for these. I have not fact-checked these quotes, especially this next one. Do you fact-check anything? Yeah. I do. On Snopes? No, of course not. On source source material. An illusion it will com, be. Sourcematerial.com. An illusion it will be so large, so vast, it will escape their perception. Those who will see it will be thought of as insane. I don't know. J. Michael Thomas Hayes, Rise of the New World Order, The Culling of Man. I don't even know who that is. I hope I don't get called, though. I'm one of them Indian rare types, so I'm <laughs> worth keeping around. All right, guys, but that's about all we got. We got a great chat coming up with Lori Smanya, though. Uh, we hope you enjoy that. We hope you enjoyed our lazy ramblings. Enjoy the chat with Lori.
Lori Spagna, welcome to Grimerica. Thanks for joining us. Well, thanks for having me. I'm excited to be here. We finally made it happen. We finally made it happen. It's probably been like three or four months we've been going back and forth trying to do this. So <laughs> I'm glad. You know, and it's funny because I do have a, I do have some specific questions about an inf- uh, an event that happened to uh, my girlfriend and I and some pets. So, but we'll we'll save that for later because it was happening during. Like I was about to talk to you, like right when this is going down. I thought, how crazy. How crazy is this going to be? But I know that's sort of some of your older work and all that, but we'll get into some of the some of the newer stuff. And I want to hear about your NDEs and stuff. So maybe we start off by just a quick like background uh, information and, and what you're up to. And maybe you can talk about your NDE. Yeah, well, the background information is basically, I mean, you know, same story as a lot of people. You know, I went to college. I, I went through corporate America. I spent about 20 years in corporate America. And I was pretty miserable during those 20 years. I call myself a good slave. You know, I developed all kinds of adaptation behaviors to survive in an environment, a situation where I was just not aligned with my right purpose and mission. So I started smoking two packs a day, drinking six beers a day, sometimes more eating nonstop, caffeine nonstop, wasn't being good to my body, wasn't taking care of my health. My thyroid was off. My hair was falling out. I was way overweight. I was, you know, engaging in a lot of unhealthy behaviors, especially, you know, relationship behavioral patterns that were really unhealthy. And, um, yeah, I was going to doctors and they were pumping me up with massive amounts of pharmaceuticals. And after this went on for like 20 years and that was normal, that was considered normal. Um, you know, I cry myself to sleep every night that I had to go to work and I would hop from job to job because it all sucked. So um, after 20 years of that, my brother died of an unexpected drug overdose. And I started getting messages from him. That's that was my initial wake up call. So I'm getting messages from, you know, this New York accent, funny guy. And he'd say, hey, launch your dead brother, Jeff. And I had to work with that for like a year to unpack it, you know, if I was crazy or not. But it t- after about a year, I really realized I wasn't making it up. It was real. Like there were just some of those things happening that were just not like I couldn't um, deny. They were just so real. So in any case, I ended up quitting the, that jo- those jobs and leaving that whole world behind because his big message was like, wake up. Did your, did your brother know about that, that, how bad it was for you? At the time, no, we we really didn't have a good relationship he, while he was alive. Yeah, and not think- not not a really good relationship. He was a drug addict and he was an alcoholic. So I was in Al-Anon all those years, and um, in any case, my relationship with my brother really improved after he transitioned. But the big wake up call was like, you're doing the same kinds of stuff. You think it's different, but it's the same. So you need to change your ways, or else you're going to die too. And so that's what I did. I quit my six-figure job in corporate America, and I became a dog trainer. And right away, I started getting the same messages, kind of messages from the dogs. And they would say, them and get messages like, I just didn't even know that I could. Right, This stuff just started to come online naturally the moment I started to get happy. And they would say, we're here to help the humans. Listen to us. We're going to teach you. That's where it all started. Two years after, right within a year after my brother died, I moved to Maui. This is just the end of my whole background, really. I moved to Maui. I spent two years in Maui 
I got into all these esoteric practices. I became a healer within the two years. All that stuff was gone, by the way, six figures in credit card debt, all the alcohol forever, all the drugs, all the caffeine. Like it was just gone. I lost so much weight. My thyroid got naturally healed. Like my everything got healed and I quit the smoking. Like it was just all gone within two years, but I was going through radical change. So I was doing all these esoteric practices. I was getting into all the healing arts. I was, you know, meditating through the night. I was practicing with these ancient, you know, Tibetan, you know, masters and on how to work with energy. And that's how the near death trans, the near death experience happened. It's called a little death when it's not, you know, it's not, you're not certified dead by a doctor. It's all done in a spiritual practice. And I had the most fascinating piece of the whole thing actually was that I had a near, I had a first contact experience. So I was meditating through the night on, um, in Maui. And I mean, it was way after everything was closed and I had a first contact experience. I was teletransported on ship that those things just accelerated my journey. So, so fast that I went through such a radical transformation within those two years that by the time I came back, I, it it was a big, you know, like coming back into the world, so to speak. And um, anyway, that's where it all began. That's where it's, that's where my journey started. Um, the reason I asked you about your brother is because I, I had a, a similar, uh, corporate ladder experience and then fallen into addiction and came out of it. And my mm. sister, my sister knew at the time, but I wouldn't, uh, engage her in conversation. Like I kind of avoided her a couple of times. She was going to, I mean, she was about to approach me about my problems. Mm. And I, I kind of avoided it, but yeah, it's, it's sim- similar in, in some ways to your story. Um, when the first, when the first con did the first contact happen as part of the little death or was it no uh, afterwards? What happens a lot of times is that when you, when a person has a near death, they pass through, they their light has to pass through dimensions of reality or frequency bandwidths that are sort of unknown to us. And so this, this gets a lot of attraction and attention from from what we call aliens or star beings, they see your light. And there is, I mean, this is a long conversation, but because you get attention, then it's sort of like, what's going to happen with this being as they transition? What are they going to do? So that's why the first contact came afterwards. Right, right, right. Okay, I see. Um, It's it's fascinating that the NDEs, um, you mentioned your Tibetan masters and all, because I, I mean, they were so focused on that back. And I've been reading these books on ancient Egypt and, and they're, they're so focused on the mummification and the death experience. And, and I think that, that this has been a reality, like we've lost, we're getting it back now, I think, but we've lost this reality in the last couple hundred years of, of uh, spirit, the spiritual reality of near death experiences and, and maybe like you were talking about endogenous DMT being released, but I think they fo- like the Tibetans and the, and the Egyptians way back when have just focused so much on this experience. Right. I mean, imagine before technology in these days, when we, when we, when you'd have these NDEs and, and you'd, you know, you'd, I, I think that the more is like certain death experiences, like people that would die and not, and then come back to life after they've experienced the the life review or you know whatever dmt and i mean they've that must have become a really important part of their practice you know is how how do we 
how do we transition into that realm, not get our souls trapped somewhere? I mean, they were doing all these <laughs> things to make sure you come back and you see your body, you see that, you know, your body's there so that it helps you sort of transition through to the next, like what you say, frequency bandwidth, I guess. Well, it's true because the, the, um, the master that I studied with, his name is Max Christensen. He, um, he actually is documented. He had like, I think seven near death experiences. One of which he was actually in the morgue, like banging on the, <laughs> banging on the, um, you know, freezer in the morgue. <laughs> but you're right that that is that used to be, you know, had, you know, some of the ancient, like the ancient book of the dead and the Tibetan book of dead, the dead, they have to practice how they move through the bardos, which to me, the bardos is, I would identify as fourth dimension or what Catholicism, Christianity might identify as purgatory. It's this realm where you're transitioning through all these like frequency, I call them frequency fences, energetic debris. And in that energetic debris, Everything exists to where you start realizing I am not that, but I am at one with it, but it's not where I belong. So in other words, at least when I say you, that's kind of how my experience is whenever I traverse that. It's like Grand Central Station in a way. You're just you're moving through this stuff to get somewhere. You don't want to hang out there. And I mean, what's in there? You know, thoughts and beliefs and belief systems and all kinds of energetic debris, you know, entities and yeah, demonics can be there and ghosts and yeah, all kinds of sounds and, you know, just awarenesses of beings traversing. And yeah, so you got to get, you got to move through there, right? And those ancient masters, that's why they made such a practice of this because they wanted to get to that so-called highest levels that they could align with and they knew they had to move through that frequency or that that bandwidth you know that's like the bardos getting through so that they can get past it and what if they knew that that these nd like because we've had so how many guests day darren have we had on that had an nde and then changed their whole life path wrote books or channeled information or whatever had downloads or or had special powers like special healing powers or special uh psychic powers i mean that you can only say yeah that's what happened to me so yeah and imagine them in the past they'd be like holy shit this guy died came back to life and he's got these special powers now he's got the clear audience or the seer the searing ability i mean you would want to be like wow how do i how do i do that normally you know the thing is, is now what's happening because of the whole ascension journey, we, we all have that. We, we're developing it. So I just know for me personally, it was part of my soul's agenda. Like my, even my brother's death, that was part of a, what I would call a pre-scripted agenda for our souls to evolve. His soul's journey was to go through that, that process. And my soul's journey was to be, you know, awakened through his transition. And then I was going to do the work that now I do. So to me, that was all kind of like pre-agreed, pre-planned by our own, you know, soul and our own divinities. But essentially now humans are all getting the opportunity to awaken, but we have to make radical changes in the way we're living and the way we're, the, what we're doing. So 
you know, that that's part of what we call this ascension journey that humanity is going through, which is just an evolutionary process of awakening for the whole of humanity. So do we have to make radical changes after we awaken? Or, or no, generally we have awaken. to make radical changes in order to awaken, in my opinion. That's that's part of what we're going through, right? We're literally realizing like we can't go on living the way we've been living. We can't go on being the way we've been being. And we we're changing energetically from the inside out, in a sense which is what's catalyzing the change in the external world that we're beginning to see. Most humans, if they don't understand what's happening right now, the world looks like a very scary place, very scary. But that's just because they don't understand that everything that they've known is collapsing because it was never really for their most benevolent best anyway. So is, is there, is there a, a chance that, that it, um, that there is a there is a reason to and I don't I don't know how, how do I word this I don't want it to be a negative question but but if it's if you know I agree it's collapsing to a certain point but they're trying to control they're trying harder than ever to control everything and everybody that's because they know they've lost their power yeah so most well, humans don't understand what's been going on on Earth for basically way longer than we've existed and it's so far out there that it's so hard to believe but once you start waking up and you know realizing. What is it there, is? Is there a risk though that they that they that they could take away some spiritual access from us? No, that's already been done. <laughs> that's what's being revoked. See, when we talk about these etheric, um, these etheric um, non-physical frequency bandwidths, what, what to my knowledge, to my awareness, up until. 2012 and even in the years leading after you know up until 2017 it started it's been starting to dissipate 2020 was the was the major end of it but 2012 was too really we had this frequency fence frequency bandwidth around the physical experience of earth which we could call a matrix people call it the matrix and everyone was trapped in that and you didn't even really have a really real reincarnation cycle so a person would transition, they'd get caught in either the Bardos or the frequency bandwidth, and they basically get what's called a fake life review, wow. an opportunity to visit with the karmic, their karma, and then they'd be sort of cajoled into doing it again, and they'd be like memory wiped, right? So we'd come back and we'd have to redo our karma without any of the knowledge or wisdom that we gained from the previous lifetime, unless to whatever degree we were able to hold on to it. Now that's gone. Karma has been basically erased for humanity, but not if you're not free of it. When did that not happen? Not when did the memory wipe happen? Like, did you, are you oh, that's been 20? going on for, yeah, for, for a long time. Eons, way longer than any lifetime. So in 2012, basically that, that was the agreement when humanity was meant to, to begin awakening. But what does that mean? It doesn't mean suddenly you wake up and everything's different. It means that now all of the old rules of the game, so to speak, would change the game of life as we know it in this physical earthly world. And part of that was this frequency fence. I'm calling it this, but these frequency bandwidths would now be easier to 
to traverse. They could no longer be, we could no, no longer be entrapped within this. And so what that means is that people who transition get to have a real ascension journey with a real life review. And then they get to decide in a conscious way where they're going to come back to. Now, this is why you have a lot of kids right now reincarnating with all these superhuman abilities and memories from other lifetimes. Because, and they just come in and they're suddenly like at the age of five, they have all these like incredible gifts. And because they're taking with them back into their reincarnation, their memories and their gifts without losing access to them. Does that make sense? Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, totally. Was that going to, was that going to happen regardless in 2012 or did we make that happen because everybody believed something or there was a large majority that believed something was supposed to happen? No, that was going to happen regardless. The reason is that there, there is a divine source of infinite awareness. So infinite consciousness that created the game it created the game of life on earth for the ex- for the purpose of the expansion of consciousness now how can you expand consciousness if you have if you're omnipresent omni aware omni conscious you have to go unconscious and then you create yourself as fractalized aspects of self individuations of source in human form or various humanoid forms etc and then you you create a game here for the expansion of consciousness and for experience that would be a result of being unconscious in this game of what we call polarity, duality, good against evil, so to speak. But that game was always going to be expired in, in this time-space reality where we are now. So the game, that game is up. The, and now the game is how quickly can you kind of awaken? How much ease and grace and benevolence can you have in your experience? Or even that if that's not what you're choosing, then the choice is how much consciousness can you start to have about the experience that you're creating? Like awareness? So that, what's that? Awareness or consciousness? Yeah. Well, they are two different things <laughs> in a sense, but yeah, both, either or both. So, and then at the same time, how can you use that, you know, to facilitate and be of service to others during their awakening? Because ultimately, it, it, this is like, to me, so, so basic. Ultimately, we're all helping one another to awaken because we are all ultimately part of this one divine source. All aspects of, we're all, all aspects of we identify you know universe quantum intelligence whatever makes sense so, yeah yeah so how, how do we um because it's hard to it's hard for people to imagine um even people like us that explore these topics on the somewhat regular basis to even even imagine exiting the matrix you know how does that look like i mean we've had shows where we sort of challenged ourselves and others to think like try and imagine or not try and Trying to imagine the unlimited possibilities of exiting the matrix, <laughs> yeah. you know, or, or unlimited right. manifestation possibilities. Yeah. Well, the first, there's some basics to it, some very basics that are the, the guiding platforms of it. But it, when you say unlimited, it's total, that's totally true. It's unlimited. It's, what is unlimited? We don't even know what that is. Yeah. What is infinite? We, we can't even begin to wrap our brains around that. But there are some basic general 
platform, like foundational facts about it. Number one, first and foremost, every being must begin to shift out of exclusively utilizing the brain and shifting into heart-centered ability to function through the heart center. The heart is a portal energetically. It's a portal to the higher dimensional realms. It's also a portal to the DNA strands beyond the first two strands that most humans are utilizing. So this portal is what starts to awaken the dormant capacities within each being. And that's a foundational fact. Now, how do you, you start caring? We just look at people of the world who have no care or compassion. We can look at our world leaders. One of the times, a long time ago, um, my divine team, you know, in the non-physical, I was speaking at a conference and they gave me this joke to say, like, I didn't make this up. They just said to use this in the audience. And I did. It was so good. I still use it. And the joke was, uh, why doesn't Dick Cheney have a heart? <laughs> because he's a dick <laughs> funny right but so you know like this is the thing we have to be able to get into our heart center the second most important thing and this is one of the hardest parts for humans really hard when we shift out is 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 choosing to take full responsibility for one's experience that is really hard because we've been our entire game of unconsciousness, this old paradigm was based in victimization, victim, victimizer, and blame. And there's always someone to blame. Even in the conspiracy circles, the persons or people they blame is, you know, the deep state or they, the politicians or the negative aliens or, them. you know, the government or, you know, Trump or whoever they want to blame. So they don't see that that's just a representation that they're engaging people in the conspiracy circles. And I don't I never advocate not knowing what's going on Earth. You, you got to know that stuff is real. That is not a hallucination. That's not like a theory. But but they exist. The shadow aspects of us our darkness where we have not reconciled. So every time we're playing with that by blaming, we are just actually creating the game. We're giving that life force to them. So in any case, that's the hardest part for humans. We have to begin to take 100% responsibility for everything. And like, for example, you could say, like, I, I do divine, I do channeling so I can channel the consciousness. And I use the word channeling, but it's not, it's not the same thing. I exist on every dimension of reality. And so I have learned how to merge with consciousness at every dimension of reality. So I can do I call it channeling, but it's really emerging. And I've recently channeled the consciousness of COVID, also the consciousness of the vaccine. And the consciousness Who of COVID is, is fascinating. What's that? Which is smarter? <laughs> Which is smarter, COVID or the vaccine? Yeah. <laughs> I don't know. I didn't ask. I don't know about I don't know how to answer that question. It's an interesting one. That just in different perspectives at the time like, it wasn't it's just different perspectives you <laughs> which just, one was you, like just better to be around which one was better to be around which one would you rather did you would you rather uh, spend oh time? i definitely didn't like either of them but the, the actually had covid to, was to. more tolerable than the vaccine yeah i could see that the yeah, vaccine was just disgusting if they had and accents, at the end it was so gross and at the end of, of it would they have did they have I don't accents know, but people make fun of me because of my face is like friendly uh, 
community. The spaces are so good. But really, I after the after the vaccine, when I had to get a clearing, because like I stopped and I was talking to my own team, you know, telepathically, and I'm like, okay, what? I don't even this get this off me. Like this is so bad. And they were like, don't worry, we'll take care of it. And just in a moment, it was gone. But yeah, that one was good. But the, where I was going with that? Let me just say, was that the consciousness of COVID was saying. Look, I was created by humanity for humanity. Do you know how many people it was saying something like, do you know how many people wanted a vacation? Do you know how many people wanted to quit their jobs? Do you know how many people wanted to stay at home? Do you know how many empaths wanted people to stop touching them and wanted space? Like it just was pointing out to the collective, like how many people were calling for something massive to change in their lives. And it took into account the consciousness of every living being on earth to create that experience. But we don't see that in ourselves as creators of that. Well, but we, we contributed to it. Yeah, some of us have pointed out that that might backfire in those ways. That, I mean, it did, it did have a lot of people reevaluate the important things in life. And there, there's a blowback effect that might happen from these bioweapons. Right. I don't even call that a blowback. You see, from the higher realms perspective, everything that's allowed in this reality post 2012 ultimately is allowed here because it's ultimately serving the light. There's a big difference, though, between it can serve the light ultimately to help like right right now, even the war is helping to catalyze compassion on earth in a grand scale. It's helping people to choose. No, we choose peace. We choose harmony. People are choosing it. That war won't go on past April. It'll be done pretty much by by the end of April. But my point is, is there's a big difference between something that's ultimately serving the light versus the most benevolent best of all. So if something is for the most benevolent, best of all, that typically means there's no harm. That's where we want to move to. We want that. When humanity starts making that shift collectively, this stuff will start will start to go away completely. But we're not there yet. Does that make sense? Yeah. I mean, does that mean that the intention for the for making the COVID had to be good? Or does it just mean that there was some a, a deeper divine reality at work? It means that there was, based on the state of consciousness where humanity was, this was at the time. It it was ultimately it was serving both the dark and the light, but it was permitted because it ultimately would serve the light ultimately. But it's that doesn't make it the most benevolent best. So let's okay. So that's what we want to start asking for with all of our intentions and desires as a collective is what's for our most benevolent best, the most benevolent best of all. If we can start asking for that in all our endeavors, more of that will show up rather than this, you know, what we're seeing. Does that does that equal natural freedom, um, like our natural law and for, like uh, our inherent freedom based on natural law? Well, inherent freedom and natural law is available to us now, but humans don't know it because humans are like, you know, that story of the, you know, elephant who's raised with the, yeah, so humans just don't know it. But the fact is, is that we already have sovereignty, freedom, and liberation within us. We have that, but we we must energetically and vibrationally align with it 
and that's where humans aren't. They're still believing in the in the concept of an external authority. They haven't fully reclaimed their sovereignty. They don't necessarily know how or that that's even an option. All humans right now should be constantly affirming, affirming, I claim my sovereignty now. I command sovereignty now. And I own it as a divine being on earth, as a being who lives here. That's one of the core things. So people don't know that. And the other thing, and then you can kind of do revocations too. Do you know about those? No, explain. Everybody should be doing this right now. A revocation is just when I, I revoke any consent I ever gave to the universe, either consciously or unconsciously, known to me or unknown to me, that XYZ could happen. I revoke it now. I command this to be so. So and that that's should it. be specific though, right? Yeah, like XYZ is like, I revoke consent for war to happen on planet Earth. Should it be and on a personal? Is there a person? I have consented for that right now. I'm telling you, I revoke any, permanently revoke any consent I ever gave, consciously or unconsciously, known or unknown to me, this lifetime or any other, including in between lifetimes. I, I revoke all consent, permissions, authorities to any others where I gave authority to that. It's against my free will for war to continue. So, so, so that kind of thing, because you see, we don't realize that there are natural laws, real laws of the universe that are, that are paying attention to our thoughts, to our beliefs, to our belief system. These are, these are identified as under quantum law. Quantum physics identifies them. Spiritual law notice knows them too. Yeah. I have a dream catcher for that kind of stuff. A dream catcher? Yeah. Yeah, those are awesome. You like that? Well, I have a bunch of them. I have one in all my vehicles and one in all my rooms. And, you know, how's it working for you? It's working great. Yeah. <laughs> That's awesome. <laughs> Good. Because you can program the dream catcher too. Oh yeah, you know? I know. Yeah, I'm an Indian. I know all about that kind of stuff. Ah, <laughs> uh, you're you've got the ancient. You've got all that ancient knowledge from. It's in there somewhere, lineage. I guess. Yeah, I, it definitely is. It's yeah. in your DNA. Well, the DMT might have brought it out. I just know. know when I need to touch him, and you know. Listen, when you do, do you do meditation? Nah, I just smoke all weed. <laughs> I I do like meditate right. in a bathtub sometimes, maybe, but. Uh, <laughs> when you smoke and weed, if you want to take some extra breaths in there and ask that anything that's in your dormant DNA that is for your most benevolent best from your lineage, the gifts of your ancestors that will serve, support, and assist you in the most benevolent, best ways possible, ask that it be awakened and activated and take some long and slow, deep breaths. Now, you might not notice, and maybe you'd be too stoned to realize, but that's how it starts yeah, right. because you have lots of gifts from your ancestors coded into your DNA. Do you understand that the whole COVID thing was the, the swiping up the nose was a massive DNA connect collection? Yeah. Those motherfuckers got me a bunch of times, but uh, <laughs> sorry, I would already give them my DNA anyway. I just gave them to them under a fake name, but they probably know what's up. I mean, if listen, if they want my DNA, they're going to get it. I'm i uh, I'm on a bunch of lists. And uh, I complain about the government nonstop, mm-hmm. and I'm a registered Indian, so uh, mm. they got that shit somewhere. Well, they do, but they want to. The reason they want all the DNA, see, is that they know their gig is up, 
And because they don't have any compassion and they are not in their heart center and they don't know how to get there, because most of them have like kind of sold their soul to the devil, so to speak, they need your DNA because they can't, they're not going to be able to continue to live without it. Well, they, are, they can have it then. I mean, I, you know. Well, I still get to well, live. Well, you, you this? see, this is one of those areas where you want to revoke consent personally. Because when, <laughs> when you talk about people who are DNA harvesting without your conscious consent, they're basically breaking the laws they could have just that asked, they're allowed to break. They, nicely. They're really not allowed to do that. But if they can convince you to give it to them for another reason, such as a COVID test. Now they're bypassing a law, but they're able to find their way around it. But what that is, is when when people don't understand what's at the root of what's going on, they don't see how all things are connected. And they say, yeah, I can't do anything about it. I have no power. And there's nothing I can do. We become part of the problem of our society, of our reality. You can do something. Damn straight. Oh yeah, we've done we've done lots. I do what <laughs> <Besides>. I want. <laughs> Period. <laughs> all right. Well, that's all good. Yeah, I mean it's it's great, but I I do agree with I understand what you're saying. Um, yeah, the testing is probably one of the few examples. That, At least uh, I always got to test myself. That we've. Compl- I mean, a lot of people don't understand that. Um, like, for example, one, two, three, and me, and ancestry and me. Those are now all owned by the CIA. We did yeah. the ancestry and me. Yeah. But we use fake yeah. names. Yeah. Do you think they yeah. still got us? Somebody who does jaw clenching. Which one of you? Jaw clenching? Not me. Yeah. You know. You know what you're picking up on. I fucking sneezed like uh, five days ago. And I bit my tongue on both sides at the back when I sneezed. And it's uh, it's really been bothering me all week. I just can't now stop because now my, my tongue's swollen from the bites. Mm. And now I can't stop biting the fucking thing. It's, uh, it's, uh, <laughs> it's unreal. I'm sorry. I could, this never happened before. But wait, can just I just ask you, week. neither one of you grind your jaw at nighttime? No, I don't grind my teeth. My, my my youngest daughter grinds her teeth a little bit. My ex-wife used to grind her teeth like a motherfucker. But uh, no, I'm not a teeth grinder. I could see Graham grinding his teeth. He makes some weird noises in his sleep, this guy. How do you know that he does that? Well, we share, we do events. So we end up sharing a hotel oh, room and cabins and stuff all the time. So <laughs> I did look at that on your website. I saw that. All right. So you do grind your teeth, Graham. Well, I don't think I do. I don't think I do, honestly. I don't think I'm it's tell- one of I'm us. not picking this up out of nowhere. Yeah. Well, I, I, mean, I think you're picking it up because Darren's, he's mumbling too because of his tongue and his jaw. Like, would you not be picking up that? No. It's actually, why are you so thing? defensive? I did. I didn't get it so much in the tongue area. I got it in the jaw. But yeah, I don't know. I mean, it could be. Would it be his daughter? Maybe you know. What, what? It, it could Keep be my it daughter could be out something of this motherfucker. In his <laughs> <laughs> I, I don't know. I don't know. You guys I, I are funny. Think, I don't think I do have a. I don't know. I don't know. Well, then, no. If you don't know, you you probably don't. Maybe it is. Maybe I'm just picking it up from him, and I, I identified it slightly incorrectly, but I felt it. I, I always can tell when it's something. Maybe that is what it was. It was like an, a discomfort in the mouth. That's yeah, my mouth is driving me fucking nuts this week. It's really, it's, I can't So what do you think's underneath that? 
What do you think? Is well, I sneezed dead? and I bit my tongue. I, no. I remember the moment. I was like, I can't fucking <laughs> believe I just bit my tongue twice at the same time. You guys are really funny. I think I, I was talking to someone on the phone or something. I don't know why, how it happened, because it's never happened before. I've never bit my tongue. In well, usually when we bite our tongue, it's usually because in the moment we either really want to say something and we don't say it or we... It's important I, yeah, for us Darren, to say something that exactly. we don't say. Darren, I think she's asking for like the deeper spiritual. Oh, well, that. I was alone. We got to get it. I'm a, I'm I was a healer. That's time. what to me, every, everything in the physical is a byproduct of the non-physical. Well, probably. I mean, I should probably effect. say all sorts of shit. I mean, were you about to lie or idiots. were you about to cheat your way through, uh, <laughs> you know, a, a COVID test or something at the time or what? No, you can't cheat. You weren't about to lie. Were you about to tell test. the truth? Or don't like, try well, and. I run by my own morals, buddy. I don't. If, <laughs> if, if it's okay by. You guys are really fun. If it's okay by my moral standards, then it's okay. Period. There's no if, ands, and fucking buts about it. That's it. Well, maybe anyway. that at that time you weren't running by your moral standards, and you're just doing something that you know you didn't agree with, and that's what caused you to sneeze and bite your tongue. Well. I was eating a you, tea biscuit. Do you remember biscuit. the conversation? You're what? I was eating a tea biscuit. I don't eat a lot of those. I don't know. I was by myself at well, the time. I, I was by I, myself I just, I know, in my I truck it up listening to Game of Thrones. As a, as a healer, I just always think to myself, like, everything ultimately that happens in the physical world is is an effect. Could you help me with it? Because... <laughs> I mean, it started bad on this side, and then it kind of, now this side's better, and now it's kind of gone over to this side, and I'm just hoping that it's, once this side heals up, I'll be through this. Well, I can help you with it, but I can tell you, it won't be like in the moment that it suddenly gets a miraculous healing. I don't know if you guys have worked with healers before. Tomorrow's have you ever worked okay. with healers? Oh, yeah, Tomorrow's all the okay. time, yep. Yeah. Oh, okay. Yeah, yeah. yeah because a lot of times, you know what the falsity is about on the in the physical world is like... It's this is part of the brainwashing, I think, about the whole healing arts is this idea that somebody kind of like a wheelchair gets, you know, someone in a wheelchair gets rolled up to a pulpit or like, a you know, at a mass. And then some preacher or some, you know, spiritual leader puts their hands on and then suddenly the guy stands up out of the wheelchair and says, oh, I've been healed. Like, that's not how it works. That's just so not how it works. So people then discredit it, right? It gets discredited. So I can give you a healing, but it doesn't mean it will like in, in an instant be healed because your laws of nature still command that your mouth is going to, you know, take its time in natural order. Maybe I've been, maybe it says I've been talking too much. Maybe it's like, keep your mouth shut for a couple of days. Yeah. I mean, maybe it's that you're ready to you. Some part of you wants to not be talking. <laughs> which would retire. make a lot more sense to me actually i'm hearing a bing 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 in my head because this is part of why you check out using you know the pot you like to check out it's the way people check out right isn't that what the dmt is too in a way oh i don't know about that i mean i, I smoke we i've been smoking weed all 20 years i don't know that i'm checked out i'd think i'm more checked in than most people mm-hmm <laughs> I mean, like, okay. I don't have TV. Well, you know yourself better than I do. I usually just think that when people do are doing some form of drugs regularly in their unconscious somewhere, there is a desire to kind of check out. 
but even just reading your field, like just reading your field, there's, there's entities in your space. So when you're doing those drugs, you are opening up space for visitors from the non-physical. Like you have a lot of visitors around you. Are they good visitors? They wouldn't be to me. I don't think so. Troublemakers? Siphoning your energy. Those bastards. I knew it. I love that you can take it though. I, I love that you didn't get defensive. Or so anything. you gotta get in line to siphon my energy. I got uh, people siphoning my energy all over the place. Uh, that's okay though. There's enough to go around. Well, that's true. An entity can only show up if you're already at that frequency band with where others are siphoning. That's what happens. Well, here's the thing. I figure there's uh, there's siphoners and siphonies, and you're gonna end up being one or the other. So I'd rather mm-hmm. be a siphon. Would that make me a mm. siphony? I'm not sure what the languaging would be on that one. But I will say for me personally, I would rather be someone who has so much light that I uplift the whole of humanity. But I think that's who I am. So it feels pretty good to be that. Then every once in a while you do get siphoners around you, but it doesn't happen nearly as often. Most of the time... You just transmute that really fast. Maybe it's because I haven't been in the studio with him for a while and he's down there by himself. Maybe I'd be Cats maybe I'd be dispersing some of those Cats entities. Cats maybe that's true. I mean, and maybe you could try that on weed and you'd be like, whoa, this is even better. I get it. But you just validated a little. So you haven't been in the studio. So this so to some degree, he's like, I'm talking too much. I don't want to do all the talking. I don't want to do it all myself all the time. So this would make sense why the jaw has got some kind of stiffness or tightness and why there's like a biting of the tongue. Am I reaching? Is this so far well, reaching? Yeah, because he I do most of the talking. He does he interrupts though. I mean maybe it's maybe it's he's not supposed to interrupt as much. <laughs> okay, if I didn't interrupt, I wouldn't say anything. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you know, I mean this is the thing. You can just kind of joke. It's not really like it's not really for me to decide what the truth is for you. I just am aware that there's some dynamic going on there. And if someone's really asking me, then I can you know, get to the truth of it for you. But most of the time, it's just up to you to decide, like, how is that relevant? Why is that relevant for you? Is it relevant at all? Does it help and serve you in your journey? You know, because through the experience of becoming more conscious about anything, that's how we get to resolve issues that are not working. So even with the healing, like, and this is true with animals too, the whole point of animals wanting to help humans, their agenda is to help humans awaken. So their agenda is to to facilitate the awakening of human consciousness by helping humans see themselves through the mirror of, for example, their animal companions, either that and or by using energy to either communicate and or heal. So they're they're like energy healers and they absorb energy. And so this kind of an agenda, it's more like helping humans to see and perceive what humans have not been conscious of so that we can awaken and transmute the experiences which we are not necessarily enjoying or which are not beneficial to us and so that we can have more desirable experiences. Now, if if your life is completely happy and fulfilled all the time, then, you know, far be from me to say, you know, to become conscious of like what happened with your mouth and why you bit your tongue. It's, 
It has nothing to do with me. You know what I mean? It's for you to decide if that's relevant. But this is the whole thing, like animals, for example, since we brought up that whole animal thing, they're really here to help humans awaken. So in a sense, the animals who live with us, they're like empath sponges, major sponges of energy around them, of their environment, and their psychic sponges of information. They will mirror to their human what's going on in their environment. In in an effort to show the human, here's what's going on. Do they take on the diseases of humans sometimes? I have a friend that that uh, yep. that uh, had a really rare disease, and the cat ended up with the same thing. Yeah, that's that's exactly right. So because the this, cats attempt, the animals attempt to absorb it, both to heal the human, but also to show the human as a way of communicating, "Hey, this is the imbalance in your life." So the so I've got we've got a few cats and recently like but when we were supposed to do this show together a few months ago um, we went through a, a bit of a traumatic experience with the little kit cat um, my girlfriend shared him with this cat with another guy who my girlfriend had him for had the cat for like half the time and the, and the other the guy had him for half the time and and my girlfriend found him knew that he had died in his room. Um, she hadn't heard from him in the texting. And the it was cat a, or the no, friend? The, the friend. Oh. Um, and he had the cat at the time. Mm-hmm. Um, she ended up calling the cops and saying, hey, I can't get a hold of this guy. I think there's something wrong. They went broke through the basement door and stuff and found him dead mm-hmm. on the bed. Mm-hmm. And um, she got the cat after that. I think she had, I don't know. I think she had the cat at the time. But they split them, split the cat almost 50-50. Mm-hmm. So then the cat came over to, to live with me and my girlfriend um, full time. And, and it got, uh, we noticed it wasn't eating properly. It was having a hard time adjusting with the other cats. But it, I ended up taking, when I was alone with the cat and she was back in her hometown for a few weeks, I ended up taking the cat to the vet because it wasn't eating and it was, and the, mm. and the vet, I had a, it's just a weird experience with the vet. But anyways, it, it ends up being like liver problems and kidney problems and it wasn't eating properly. And I guess these cats go, um, they end up with hunger. Uh, I can't find my words right now. Um, they end up going, uh, having uh, diet problems, like within three days of not eating or something, they have issues with their, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Uh, I can't think of what, what the technicality is. But anyways, the vet didn't know the vet only could tell what was wrong with it, but not why or anything like that. So we had him on a bunch of meds. It was a terrible experience as far as like trying to save this cat. And it ended mm. up, we ended up putting it down after uh, three weeks or a month of like spoon feeding and meds through, mm. through its mouth. So like sad. we couldn't, you know, but I guess what I'm, I'm just telling you the story because I felt like there was something with this guy dying with a cat and like, did the cat need to just be with him in the afterlife? Does that ever happen? Is there a, a deeper, is there a deeper thing that you think about, about the whole situation? Like, yeah, well, let me say what I'm hearing. There's, there's a number of things. Number one, it's what I'm hearing just telepathically, psychically, not from the cat directly. Cause I haven't made a connection with the cat directly, but just psychically, but also just energetically as a healer. So the first part is psychically what I'm hearing is that the cat's mission and purpose was to be with that human in the physical world. When that human transitioned, the, the cat's the cat had an opportunity to choose. 
Do I want to, I'm complete with this mission. Do I want to stay on or do I want to transition? And that window of time when he was with you was, was while he was deciding. So he made the choice to transition. Animals are a lot less um, attached to their bodies than we are. And they also, their transition period is a lot more easy and graceful typically than it is with than humans. They just don't have as much egoic construct as we do. And they don't have as much karmic crap and energetic debris. And so they just, and anything that they took on from their human while they live, they typically drop that when they transition to, because it's not theirs anyway. They don't need to hold on to it. So that's the first thing that's lighting up. The second thing is that when the person who the cat was with, who was transitioning, um, those those issues were absorbed to a large degree by the cat. So, you know, when we're looking at kidneys, for example, kidneys process, typically they process um, the emotion of fear. And so this person was probably in a lot of fear in his life. Always, yeah. Right. And then the liver processes anger, grudge, you know, resentment. So a lot wow. of times, wow, yeah. So the person wow. probably had a lot of anger and resentment. Wow. The what I know, I assume that's a yes. He did. He, is it is it my internet, Darren, or, or Lori's? Do you know? Or I don't. Sure. I can't can, can, tell. You, can you hear something? Can you hear? Uh, it did. It, it did sort of just break apart a bit, but it's better now. I think. So yeah, yeah. No, I'm just. I I think I, I didn't know him very well, but from what I know of the situation, yeah, you're 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 bang on with that. Like, yeah. Then maybe the so and see, so this is the thing because. The reason the doctors can't usually do anything or identify is that what, especially Western doctors, they're not trained in any of this. It's all Band-Aid stuff. And I know that's not new information to people these days. It's like everybody's waking up to the realization that Western medicine is just Band-Aid solutions. Yeah, it's just a disaster because that's part of why it's collapsing. But from a healer perspective, for me as a healer, it would be quite easy very easy. I mean, just right there to identify what's going on. And then for someone like me to be able to unify in frequency with divine source, which is a very divine, pure love, pure love, neutral, without any judgment, just primordial, undiluted from human interpretation of what love is. And from that frequency, everything can be healed very quickly. And then really basically what it is then for the human and for the cat, they just need to be, in a sense, downloaded with these new frequencies and to come into vibrational harmony with them. And then in that process, receive any gifts of learning, you know, lessons, you know, awarenesses, gifts of consciousness that they're meant to receive and do any kind of forgiveness that they're meant to, you know, um, well, I'm talking about forgiveness because in this case, we're talking about the liver, like the solution to anger and grudge is forgiveness. But typically there's some kind of gifts that we're meant to receive because of our diseases. So those gifts are gifts of consciousness and energy, frequency, vibration. And once the person and the animal receive that, then what happens is, in a sense, the karma is like, okay, this this lesson is learned. This is done. This is complete. But it needs to be recognized on multiple levels and frequencies, dimensions, and bandwidths. And sometimes in other lifetimes, which, you know, in this reality, we're taught that's woo-woo. 
but it's not woo woo. It's just, it's something that was filtered from our consciousness when we were in that frequency fence. You see, that's why. And, and part of the whole, you know, agenda is to, you know, infiltrate the mass media with this, this judgment that it's woo woo wicked or something to be afraid of. And so people just don't believe in it. You know, they put that into the media and the movies and they make it, you know, they, they, they make everybody sound crazy. Who's into this stuff. And, but in reality, I just can't even tell you just the miracle kinds of healings that happen. Yeah. And we call, we use the word miracle, but they're really not miracles. They just, they are, they are what's the real normal. Yeah, that's a nat- it's a natural law that just hasn't been identified scientifically yet, you know. Right. Or or it has, but it's been ignored. <laughs> right. Well, I mean, this is a, this is another thing. Like I, I know this stuff because I'm so my consciousness is so in other dimensional realities so much of the time, but we already we have all the solutions to all the diseases. They they've been given they've been given to us so many times. We have all the solutions to all the world problems in our own DNA. And, you know, the world governments were given all kinds of extraterrestrial technology so many times to heal the, you know, heal us of all our diseases, fix everything. It was just, they weren't interested in that. So, I mean, that brings up a lot of other questions, but I want to stick to the, <laughs> stick to the pet, the pet thing for a sec. So, I mean, cause that my experience with the vet was, was terrible as far as like mm. trying to just navigate what to do and, and what the chances were of saving it and all the stuff that they didn't know. And the stuff that they did know was just give you like 10 different types of meds throughout the day. I mean, it was a disaster. And it reminded right. me a lot of, of uh, our, our Western medical system for humans. I mean, it was, yeah. it was just, you know, Almost, it was almost an exaggerated aspect of it. See, see, even an example like that. Now, when you become conscious of how the universe works and how everything is um, multi-dimensional reality presenting itself to you, in the in the time when that happened, you and your girlfriend were probably in an energetic bandwidth of. Your anxiety, worry, something in there, so that you're going to get and attract to you an experience that's resonant with that kind of energy. Unfortunately, that's how it works. So yeah, if you're a really conscious yeah. person, yeah, but we try. Well, to let stay. me just okay, yeah. Let me just take the next step. If if you're a person who in even if you weren't in that energy, if you decided in the purity of your core of your vehicle to say, all right, we're intending for the most benevolent best. We're desiring and intending that the most benevolent best that is presented to us with with speed, divine accuracy, so that the right vet comes who will really truly provide the most benevolent best result for all, ideally with harm to none. But we don't always know because if the cat's choice is to cross, the cat's making that choice, it's going to happen. So we we can only say ideally with harm to none because our perspective is that the crossing is harmful but so if you if you put that intention out there and it's said in such a pure way and there's a release like i trust and let it be that is the reality 
you become vibrationally compatible with, you see, because reality from a quantum physics perspective and from a spiritual perspective is just moment, moment, reality, reality, reality. So what you're basically doing in a sense is walking into time, space, reality, moments based on choice. And so if you were prior to bringing the cat, even in a space of, you said you weren't frazzled or upset, but if you were still like, oh my gosh, what are we going to do? Or, or, or this is just frustrating, or this is just annoying or anything, whatever was presented to you was a reflection somehow of what, where you were going. You understand? It's making sense. Oh yeah. Yeah. I mean, I definitely was frustrated with the vet and that, that experience, but we always sort of had uh, tried to maintain like a high vibration of hope or healing or whatever. Like we, you know, mm. aware enough to try and do that. But yeah, I, I, I see what you're saying. So what about advice for people that have sick pets then? Like what is, how do you navigate the, the difference between uh, or not the difference between it, but the choice between going to a vet or letting it go or, or like, is there any advice around like how to, to let pets go? Maybe, you know, do you put them down? Do you let them go on their own? Like, I mean, how do we navigate that sort of situation? Yeah. I mean, I'd say that's like the hardest situation like ever, um, you know, deciding, you know, the way I've handled that in the past is that I've asked, try my best to ask the animal one thing, like this is a complicated question. So first let me just say, I live with, you know, my animals always saying, I, I say to them and I say to the universe, I want this animal and choose for this animal to be with me as long as they possibly can. And also as healthy as they possibly can be for as long as they can. And also as happy. I want us to have the highest quality life we can possibly have together. And I continually affirm like to my animal, how much I love them and they matter to me and they're the most important person. I call, put my, call my dog here. Most important person, person, person in my life. And we belong together so that the animal is receiving that awareness so they don't get lost and they feel valued and loved. Now, I'm not saying people don't love their animal. What I'm saying is, is that that is just a mind, one little thing that we do that reaffirms that the animal has worth and value in the human's life, which helps them to make choices in their own journey for continuing to stay. That's that's a basic. And it also, when you tell your animal we belong together, they're much like like so much less likely likely to get lost because they understand we belong together. Most times when animal gets lost, it's because um, their human is, is, is either learning a lesson about responsibility or something similar or else, well, maybe the animal wants a transition and the human won't let them, they know or can't handle it. But in oftentimes it's because the human is like stressed out and worried and thinks, how am I going to handle this? How am I going to be able to handle? I got too much on my plate. And the animal's like, well, let me alleviate your burden. So, you know, these are the things when we get conscious of this, but when you speak directly to the question of, you know, how do we help them transition or know when, Number one, I really believe in working with an animal communicator. I really believe in working or learning how to do it yourself. I really believe in, you know, understanding energy because when an animal really is ready to transition, if the human gives them permission, they will transition. When the human says, 
if you're really ready to go, if it's really your choice, then I will let you go. Because the animals typically will do what the human wants them to do. If the human says, I want you here, please don't leave me. Please don't leave. They'll stay. They might be in a lot of pain. They might be suffering, but they'll do their best to stay as long as they can. So, you know, the middle ground between there is when it's the right time for my animal to transition, help me, whoever the human is, help me to have the strength and the clarity to navigate this, to know what's what's the right action and for this animal's most benevolent best. That's the way you navigate that. Do you know what I mean? You use your consciousness to tell the universe. And the best thing really is to say it way in advance. So like, I know I just got a new puppy because my last dog transitioned. She transitioned two years ago and a year ago, I got a new dog, right? So my puppy is a year now, but I'm already like, I want her to be here for as long as she possibly can, as strong as she possibly can, as healthy as she can possibly be, as happy we belong together. I'm already setting the stage for us to have that kind of a life. But I also know that whenever the time comes, I'm also saying I want it to be as easy and graceful for her. I want it to be in a divine timing way that's good and right for her when she's ready with the least amount of pain and suffering for her possible, but also which affords me the ability to let her go with grace. You know, it's like you, you know, there's nothing to be afraid of when you put it into con- the field of consciousness, you line up with that time space reality. Does that make sense? Yeah. Yeah. But what about the dealing with the vets and like those? Yeah. All those, so all when you, when you, when you know, you're going to have to go to a vet, first of all, um, very important, I think, to have holistic vets. I, yeah, I, yeah. I'm not a fan at all of, yeah. and to understand, like with my last dog that transitioned, um, I used a lot of acupuncture with her. We used a lot of homeopathic remedies. I mean, her prognosis for death was a year before she transitioned. So through the healing and everything, she had an extra year, but, but you should know a vet, you know, choose your vet way before you really need the vet and have a vet that you love. But more importantly, when choosing the vet, again, tell the universe, like, I intend to find a vet who is qualified, does an outstanding job, is really working through his heart center, his or her, you know, is is the most benevolent best we can find. Like, who is the what's for the most benevolent best of my companion? You know, you put in your qualifications and then you let the universe reveal that to you. And this is a new way of operating. You know, if we go back to the beginning of our conversation, we're changing from the inside. This is what this is one example. Changing from the inside is where we recognize that the power to create our reality comes from within, from the way that we ask and work with the external, so-called external reality. By working with the divine intelligence, whether it's whether we identify it as the quantum field or our own divine intelligence of our awareness, however we identify it, this is part of the change. We start working from within to change the external and to lovingly guide and direct the external while also allowing it to lovingly guide, support and lead us as well, working in partnership and collaboration as co-creator, co-creating our reality. So that's what we do with the vet. And then you have to know your stipulations of, you know, you want someone who's homeopathic or holistic, or, you know, you want someone who, who 
knows certain things. And, you know, like I love vets who know how to do muscle testing. I, I love vets who are really open to this, who work with animal communicators, et cetera, because in my mind, if they don't, I'm not really that interested in working with them. Yeah, that makes sense. They just sense. buy into yeah, that. Yeah, that. Yeah, that makes sense. So yeah, I, I mean, if they're like, just. It seems like it's either that or that's the complete uh, Western med, med system, you know? Yeah. And I'll so, say that my, my last dog, she never needed a vet her entire life until the last basically year of her life was the only time. And, and that was basically when she got ill, she got a diagnosis. I did all kinds of healing. She was healed again. And it wasn't until the last three days of her life that we went back to the vet and she was ready. Nice. Yeah, that makes sense. Totally. Yeah. Do you do you um sort of switch gears a little bit here? Do you do you have experiences in the astral realm or OBEs at all or anything like that when you talk yeah. about your Yeah. I have, so uh, some listeners were emailing me and asking me to ha- to talk about that again, the people's experiences in those realms. Yeah, so OBEs and the astral realm is what I call the fourth dimension. I call that the fourth dimensional reality because it's the non-physical reality. And it incorporates consciousness, right? It's where we become conscious of things that are non-physical, right? So, yeah, you can do OBE and traveling. It's not my favorite thing because I don't actually feel like playing that much in fourth dimensional reality. But I once, I will say, when I was very early in my journey of awakening, not that I'm, I mean, I'm still, it's it's infinite, so I'm still a, a newbie in a way, in that way, but... I was living in Maui at the time I was going through a divorce and because he wasn't into any of this stuff and he definitely wasn't into my awakening journey and me telling him about any of this stuff, but I wanted to kind of spy on him. I was psychically spying and I hadn't learned ethics yet, right? That spiritual, I just hadn't learned the spiritual ethics. This was one of my major teacher teachers of it. So I start astral traveling through the planes to the house, the planes of existence, to the house where we lived together in Los Angeles. I was in Maui. I just wanted to see, like, what is he doing? What's going on? Where's he at? And I get into the house and I see, like, on the table, this picture of him with a woman who had red hair. Now, at the time, she was a different woman. She wasn't me. And But at the time, you know, I really didn't know, like, who she was or anything. And all I know was I I was basically psychically spying. Again, I would never advise this. This is how I learned this lesson about spiritual etiquette. Well, this particular lesson about spiritual etiquette. And this woman from the picture suddenly came at me with a fist and punched me in the face. And I physically felt it. Wow. So my whole forehead like i was punched in the face right in the third eye area and i really did stop psychic traveling for a little while because of that it was so it was traumatic and i did learn like you can't be spying on people like you can't do that kind of stuff but i was in a very new state so you can visit you can traverse but you got to know you can run into a lot of problems in that realm right you need to know how to clean your field up beforehand and afterhand. You 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 need to know how to make sure you don't take on any energetic debris with you when you come back full in physical form. Um, but it's an interesting place to, to, to traverse. 
just now I'm at a point where for me, I'd wait, I'd way rather go past that. Like, why would you want to hang out there? There's so much better stuff. Like all that is, is just debris. It's like, yeah, Grand Central Station with like smelly garbage everywhere. And I don't know. Wouldn't so you want to go? What, where, where does you transition to the light or how, how, what's what's after that? No, you can go beyond that. So the, in the same kind of way, but rather than leaving the body to traverse space, right? That's fourth dimensional astral realm. That's astral travel. Rather than leaving the body to traverse space, way better, in my opinion, different, is going within the body to locate source, the source of all that is, is within us. And you find that through your heart center. Atma? When you learn, what's that? Atma. Yes, yes. Well, that's one, that's one way to describe it. So when you get into that space where you can find the core of your being, the depth of who you truly are, you unlock your own, I mean, it's, it's your own, um, what is the word? Um, it's your own um, holy grail. It's your own personal holy grail. It's the gift to the infinite. And then you can start connecting with realms beyond realms. You can meet, you know, you can meet angels and archangels. You can go way past that. You can meet ascended masters. You can go way past that. You can reach star beings, all kinds of these benevolent extraterrestrials. You can go way beyond that. I mean, you can connect with the laws of the universe. You can have dialogue with them if they're willing. They don't really care that much. They're just like, we're just here to govern. But they will dialogue with you once they start realizing there's a purpose for you being there. I mean, you can infinite consciousness. Through your own core pillar. It's infinitely available to us. But if we're so busy, you know, traveling the external, it's a fun place to explore. But not necessarily, in my opinion, the best. But that's just my opinion, right? Have you asked the laws of the universe anything? Or? Oh, my God. Are you kidding? Yes, all the time. They have been my, some of my greatest teachers. And in the earliest stages, when I, when I would talk to them, they'd be like, we don't, we're not interested in you. We're not interested in you. We're just here to govern. And I would just keep going. Well, teach, I would just keep like going to them, like teach me. Why are you? I mean, I got one of the best law lessons from the law of synchronicity. It was so fascinating. This was just recently. I was living in Sedona at the time and I was asking the universal law of synchronicity. Show me, show me how you're synchronizing things in my life. Oh my God, it was so cool. I got the most elaborate lesson about this, like my dog's name and her name translated to this, what it means is going to, I'm going to matchmaker her name, Emma, a matchmaker translates to the name truth. She, I ended up meeting this person in Stona that I was meant to do healing from a past life. His name is truth. I did all this healing. It was like so, so profound over the weekend. And I mean, it's such a long story because then the way we met all of the synchronicities of the, what all of the things that had to come into perfect timing in order for us to meet. And it was such a divine appointment. It was so significant and so relevant you just don't understand these laws are so fascinating once you start connecting with them and everything they have to teach us. Oh my God, it's awesome. And what I love about the laws is that they don't dance around your ego. They have no interest in human, you know, like they they don't, they, they don't, 
care if they don't, if they insult you, like, it's not like they're, they're just there to uphold the law. So like law of aerodynamics, I taught a class on universal laws. It's on my website. It's in my sacred membership. And I taught this class and I never knew about the law of aerodynamics. I just never knew about it. And until years later, and I'm like, why didn't you tell me? Like I taught this whole class and it was like, well, why should I be there? Why should I teach you? Like what's, what's it to me? Like, well, I'm teaching a class about the laws. Don't you want me to get it right? No, we're just here to govern. We don't really care. So is that class teach you how to know when you can ask these questions to the laws or? Well, anyone can ask the questions of the laws. It's just you have to, in order to really interact with the laws, laws exist on a six dimensional frequency, which again, I put, I, I label it six because the way it was all taught to me through my linear mind was like six, but it's just vibrational bandwidth. Yeah. So they existed a vibrational bandwidth. That's also compatible with um, the Akashic records. Are you familiar with the Akashic records? Yeah. Yeah. So just storing, it's a frequency bandwidth of information. And um, that's where those laws exist. Now, in order for me to interact with them, I had to become vibrationally compatible with that frequency bandwidth. And I had to be able to be there in pure divine neutrality. So once you learn how to do that, which is not that hard, but it does take time. It's not a pill. It's not something you read in a book, right? But that's the space where you can start interacting with them. But anybody can, just not most people can get to that bandwidth. Yeah. Not yet anyway, but it, yeah. it won't be long before we're all there. How well, do people harder. get... Go ahead. I was just going to say, it's hard to find divine neutrality when we're in a polarizing uh, environment right now. That's right. It is. You know how you find it? You really do. I already said it. Through your core pillar, your heart center. And divine neutrality, everybody always gets confused about that. Divine neutrality does not mean you don't care. Your capacity to care actually increases. It increases when you get into divine neutrality because now you're no longer polarized. You're in that sacred core of like of love where you understand and can see the big picture. You can perceive more perspectives. And now from that divine neutrality, you can choose. So, for example, I'm I'm not neutral. I'm not not caring about the covid experience. I'm not not caring about the war. I care so deeply, but I can also, from my neutral, I can choose the energy, for example, of, with the war, I can choose the energy of, um, of harmony. Peace and I can, instead of, yeah. Yeah, but harmony is what's needed there because there's disharmony, right? We've had peace. Peace is awesome too. Love is always awesome. But to bring in the energy of harmony, and to bring harmony to that region, to that that's what we can do when we get into neutral, because now we can work with energy from a space of not non-interference. We're not in the way. And we can actually use that energy from the non-physical, from the higher realms, and direct it and even send it to the areas of the earth where it's needed. That's just one example. But in order to do that, again, we have to get into our divine neutral. And the other piece about being in divine neutral in your own personal life, I mean, how many times have we been in situations where like two people are fighting or arguing or disagreeing, or there's some kind of disagreement and you're like, 
either stuck in the middle or you get polarized. Like once you have the ability to like just drop into your heart, you don't have to get caught up in that stuff. You don't get in the involved in the human games and the human dramas of right and wrong. You know, do you know how many times people will be like attached to their belief systems or their perspectives where I'm just like, in my sense, I'm like, I have no interest in that game. Yeah, no, that's where discernment truly comes from. Yeah. yeah. You start being totally, you start being able to see and perceive yeah. things from so much wider perspective. Yeah. No, I, I appreciate that. Yeah. So how um how do people how can people get a hold of you and, and your maybe just mentioned your website and your training and all that? Yeah, well my website is my name, Lori Spagna, L-O-R-I-S-P-A-G-N-A. And yeah, they can get some free gifts there. If they want to learn how to communicate with animals, they can go to lorispagna.com forward slash free gifts forward slash animals and we'll get some awesome classes on learning about animals, animal telepathy, energy, and how we can help animals on a global scale. And if they want to learn about activating the DNA, they can get some great free gifts there about how to activate the dormant DNA. That's got all of our greatest potentials, right? And um, so they go to lorispania.com forward slash free gifts forward slash DNA. And then the other thing I would just love to say is on the YouTube channel, my YouTube channel, which is just my name, Lori Spagna, um, there's DNA activations on there for codes of immunity and imperviousness. So we have codes in our DNA that make us 100% immune and impervious to any and all viruses, any and all nanotechnology, any and all EMF, you know, chemtrails, like anything and everything, shedding that's that's negative and or harmful in the external world, we are 100% immune and impervious. But we have to activate those codes because those aren't in the first two strands of DNA. They're dormant. Once we activate them, if only people knew. So there's a free activation on my YouTube channel. There's lots of channeling, the channeling of the COVID virus. I mentioned that that's going up this week. There's tons of channeling from like the laws of the universe and yeah, you know, different benevolence. So yeah. Right on. This has been fun. Darren, do you have any questions at the end? Or? No, thanks for coming on the show. I was just yeah, going to get the website, but you already did. Yeah, thanks. Yeah, this has been good. It's been fun. I hope so. Well, thank you so much for having me, you guys. It was yeah, really yeah. fun. I, I really appreciate your time and energy yeah. and your sharing. Thanks. I'll put all the links to that stuff in the show notes. All right. Awesome. You guys all have right. a great night. Okay. Thanks, Laurie. Ciao. See ya. Ciao. Didn't work. Try this again. Oh, I see. I can't read. That's the wrong one. And that was our chat with Lori Spania. What'd you think, buddy? I liked it. That was fun. Yeah. Yeah. It's, uh, I don't know. I just, I feel like so, maybe it's just because we've done a few of these episodes and now it's sort of sinking in a little bit. But the way she describes the resonance and the frequencies, it seems to make more sense to me now, you know. Well, we'll not have to, to get you to no? explain not it to, to you. explain it one day. Yeah, no, I, I like it. Yeah. Ah, big thanks, Lori, for coming on the show. Big thanks to you guys for listening. Head over to the website, uh, grab some support if you like what you're hearing. Head over to the chats, slash chats Join the chats. Head over to the Adult Brain site if you want to check out any of those audiobooks or any of that fun stuff. And then there's a whole other podcast, Gramerica Outlawed. If you guys want to check that out, over at GramericaOutlawed.ca. We got that too. We got a lot going on. Check it all out.
We love you guys. Thanks for listening. And we will see you next week. Teach me all your secrets to get a good handle on a better way to live. How does one get out of bed every day in the throes of the apocalypse? Should I bury my head in the sand or sabotage their evil plan? I feel really trapped. An ant burned by a magnifying glass. It's all a little bit too convenient. All the evidence went up in flames. Phonies, fraudsters, scammers belong in the slammer. My friend best give up their names. Should I call on militia man? Or pass out a petition pen? I feel really trapped. An ant burned by a magnifying glass. I don't know what y'all been told, but I got a soul made out of gold. Sound off, one, two, sound off, three, four, cadence count, one, two, a three, four. Some time ago, a crazy dream came to me. I dreamt I was walking into World War Three. As prophetic as humanity. Animals. Sophia wrote it down, built an ark, now she floats it down the river in dark. As prophetic as deja vu, as wormwood, as falling stars above. Sophia wrote it down, built an ark, now she floats it down the river in dark. I can't even hear my own thoughts for the life of me over the din of a bruised and broken culture the media spins and splatters and spins and clatters and i cringe because it's psychological warfare don't you feel yourself getting really mad how did we let it get this bad don't you feel really trapped like a brain in a vet to close Pandora's box but sirens are singing me off a cliff I'm looking to hitchhike to Shangri-La over yonder Sophia would you give me a lift hopped out of the Hegelian rebellion say goodbye to all you Machiavellians let evil destroy itself I'm bound for Shangri-La Shangri-La My dream if I could be in yours As prophetic as morning doves As groundhogs As falling stars above Sophia wrote it down Built an ark Now we're floating it down A river dark As prophetic as white wolves As butterflies As rainbows Sophia sings a plane, now we're taking flight above a river bright.
la 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 la, Shangri-La.